0: Welcome to Friday's show. Good morning, studio. Morning. Well, we got a big one because John Bon Jovi will be on later. He's never been on the show before. Dr. Oz will be on later. He's been on a bunch, and every time he's off the show, we go, dang, that guy knows a lot. Mm. So we'll have Dr. Oz and we'll talk a little COVID stuff, but also have some questions that aren't COVID-related. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and this time that's didn't know those existed. Ooh. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, where shall we start today? Why don't we start with this? Because it made me laugh. Eddie, tell everybody what happened with
1: you at the car dealership. Uh, So I was just going to go get something done in my car. Something to get checked out. And so we have a relationship with the sales department with that dealership. So I tell them, hey, will you set up an appointment? I'm going to go by on this day to go get my car checked out. No problem. I show up. They think Bobby's coming. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. There's a whole group of people yeah. saying so like, hey, producer Eddie, we love you. Where, so where's Bobby? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what In do you there. mean? Like It's just me. And they're like, oh, they told us Bobby was coming. <laughs> they were sweet about it. And I said, no. I tell them that my usual joke that like my go to is like, I'm just like Bobby, the Mexican version. <laughs> and then everybody laughs. And That's I'm like, your- all right. Did That's they fix joke. your car? Yeah, everything's great. Everything worked out fine. They were just a little disappointed
0: that Bobby didn't show up. Yeah, but they got Trust the me. Mexican. Then <laughs> Eddie got to meet me, they would realize there's no disappointment. Eddie is the more fun one to meet in person. Oh, thanks, That's dude. That's funny. That's funny. Let's do our food feud. We're getting close to the final four. Hit it. The Bobby Bones Show. Food feud. Great. All right, we started a bracket. There's only a few left. Last week, Krispy Kreme donuts beat out Cool Ranch Doritos in a sweep. So this week, we're turning it up a notch. Whatever that means. Here we go. In the blue corner, they previously won with a vote of 4 to 1. They were introduced to the world in 1985, making a high step forward in ice cream shop innovation. The blend of popular Sunday toppings with a signature soft serve made people go, ah. A small with Oreo will run you about 620 calories. Make some noise for the DQ Blizzard! Yeah.
2: Yeah. By the way, these are all winners from past rounds, so...
0: You're so hard. Oh, well, I'm nervous about the matchup. In the red corner, they previously also won with a vote of 4-1. to one. They are world famous and made with premium potatoes. These epic fries are crispy and golden on the outside and fluffy on the inside. It is... M- m- McDonald's Fries! So. It's a good fight. This is a tough DQ Blizzard won the ice cream fight, and McDonald's Fries won the fries fight. But now they're squaring off against each other. Quick votes. If you have to pick one to move along in the food feud, I'm going to go first. McDonald's Fries. Ooh!
3: DQ Blizzard. Wow,
2: she hit me quick. (laughs) Counterpunch. Dang, she didn't even wait. (laughs) Lunchbox. McDonald's
0: fries. Ooh, he struggled, though. Yeah,
2: give me the fries.
1: Eddie? Man, there's nothing cooler. When they hand it to you, they turn it upside down to prove that it's still rock-solid frozen. Give me the
0: Blizzard! Morgan number two.
3: I always like salty over sweet for the most part, so McDonald's fries. there it is.
0: There's our winner, McDonald's (laughs) fries, everybody. The weird thing is, I like sweet over salty, but you can't beat a McDonald's fry. Now they're really good. No, you can,
3: Chick-fil-A fries. You cannot.
0: They already
1: lost. Well,
3: but I was that one vote. I think you said it was four to one. I was the one.
1: You were the punch (laughs) that didn't
0: count. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, next week, do you want to know the... Uh, The battle next week or no? I I don't like to think about it. Oh, you don't want to be stressed Uh out all week?
3: (laughs) Well, I want to know. Maybe I'll go eat them. Mm. No,
0: if he doesn't want to know, I don't think we should any of us should know. Okay, but uh, next week, um, yeah, it's the final four (laughs) matchup in this bracket, this side of the bracket. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, anyway, Amy, how are your kids?
3: They're doing good. They're back in school. They're hanging out with friends. So I think that's been really good for us, especially the opportunity to have play dates, which, Eddie, I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever deal with this when your kids have play dates, but I've noticed that with lots of parents, when you're texting about kids getting together, there's a tango of whose house it's going to be at. Oh, nice. And everyone seems real flexible and it's fine, you know, my house or your house, whatever you just say, but no parent wants to commit to their house in case the other person's willing to volunteer as tribute first. <laughs> this, is so,
1: this is so true. <laughs>
3: yeah. And so I kind of came up with, an, I don't know if it has a name, but I'm starting to call it the Playdate Tango, where parents <laughs> just dance back and forth and dance around the fact that they're open to a play date, but I mean, whatever house is fine, and you just wait for the person to commit, and then sometimes it's you, sometimes it's them. You win some, you lose some. That's just, to me, I just thought it was comical, because you sometimes end up in a stalemate of, like, who's going to text next? Like, what are we going to do? And the kids have to get together. Who's going to volunteer first?
0: Do you ever try to shove your kids with another kid that they don't really like because your parent, you guys parents get along?
3: No, I haven't yet. Well, my kids don't, I don't even have that many options to choose from. No. <laughs> so far, my kids just play <laughs> with people that they that they like.
0: <laughs> Eddie, you have this problem at all? The, well, I, the the tango
1: for sure is a real thing because uh, you just, I don't think anyone wants to host kids at their house and like sometimes, I think lately it's been our house just because we're like, I oh, we don't want to play this game. Well, it's fine. You can do it at our house and we'll do it, but it's a real thing. Yeah.
0: Your 13 year old is too old for play dates. He's 12, Oh, but um, we can
1: I still play with friends. I wouldn't say he's too old. Yeah, like no. Like, he has friends come, come over, and they just
0: kind of... Hey, that's different than a play date that's been organized by mom sure, and dad. My daughter's
3: 13. I still organize with moms.
0: Yeah, but your daughter's 13 who hasn't been in America that long.
3: Yeah, true.
0: Eddie's kid's, like, from the streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just thought other parents might be able to relate.
0: Fun Fact Friday. Yay! Five super fun facts that Amy found... And we do it every Friday. Here we go, number five.
3: So the pilot episode of Lost was so expensive that the network president was fired for greenlighting the project. Wow, an estimated ten to fifteen million dollars was the most expensive pilot episode ever at the time.
0: They spent ten million dollars on the pilot of that show. Mm. Ten to uh, fourteen. Million. I never got into it. Maybe. But I understood that it was really, really good. I just when I wanted to get into it, it was too late. Yeah, and okay. it was the land of DVDs too. Honestly, well, that's true. It, I couldn't just stream it. I think I would if I could have streamed it. But that first pilot is what got everyone watching. You watched the pilot, just the
1: pilot, and then I watched the first season. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm I'm lost. Good good title because okay. I was lost.
3: What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how how much was the pilot of Breaking Bobby Bones?
0: Well, luckily, zero. Because they picked it up right to series. Oh. So a pilot is the first episode they do to, we finished it. Do we want to spend more money on it to make it a series? And almost all shows do that. Um, luckily, my pilot was kind of being on Bear Grylls. Oh, Not yeah, the same test. show, but I was on the network doing an adventure show, and it got really good ratings. And then I came up with the idea for Breaking Bobby Bones, mm-hmm. created the show. Um, yeah, so zero dollars. But the show is expensive. Don't get me wrong. No. <laughs> Number four.
3: So speaking of money, the expression "penny for your thoughts" was first used in 1522. So if it's adjusted to inflation, each thought would be worth about two dollars and fifty cents now.
0: A penny was worth two fifty then. So Dang! You- I just don't picked it up on the ground.
3: Two fifty for your thoughts.
0: Lunchbox is not really a. You're stopping, pick up a penny, guy.
2: Every time. Anywhere I see a coin, I don't care if it's covered in stuff, I pick it up. You can wash it when you get home. If there's poop on it. Pick it up. A penny. A penny. Uh, a penny a penny. closer to retirement. Every one I pick up, I'm closer to retiring. You just can't wait to not work anymore? I cannot <laughs> wait. Man, that is all I think about is how I'm going to retire. <laughs> not work again. Really? Yeah. You're looking forward to just being able to do nothing. Yes. Like, you guys don't look forward to doing nothing I don't look forward to getting no. older.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, that's why I want to retire sooner than later. But I know. But That's I don't... why I pick up pennies. Yeah, I get it.
0: I get it. All right. Next up. Number three.
3: So the first CEO of Apple, do you know his name? Hmm. You never know? Michael Scott.
0: Oh, yeah? <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's kind of fun.
0: Who is Steve Cross character yeah. on The Office. Uh, yeah. 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 That is pretty fun. Number
3: so this is another interesting thing that NASA plans on doing. So just know that it is true. They want to do a deep probe of Uranus in about 10 years.
0: <laughs> so dumb. Possibly, pound for pound, the most fun fact we've ever had right there. Yes. All right, here we go. Number
3: one. Every British king or queen has a second birthday assigned to them if their real birthday isn't in the summer. So they want to make sure that there's going to be good weather when they celebrate or have their birthday parade. Like Queen Elizabeth, her birth... Or Queen Elizabeth the Second's real birthday is in April, but it had to move to June because that's when the good weather is.
0: I gave old Caitlin the Queen Elizabeth this morning. What happened? That's what we call it if... You stay in the bed and
3: oh, you, get, you get stuff brought to you. Yeah, oh, nice.
0: So I gave her, I heated up her breakfast taco and took her a coffee. I was like, Aww. here you go, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> I'm now the person, like, she's always the wake up super, super early person. I've been waking up a little earlier than her now.
3: And, and she's- Taking care of her, your queen?
0: I didn't say, I'd, I do try. Sometimes I probably don't do as good as I should. But, um, yeah, I gave her the old Queen Elizabeth this morning. Sometimes she gives it to me, though. She'll be like, here you go, Queen Elizabeth. She'll do this. I will walk with the coffee. She'll just put her hand up in the coffee, in the cup shape of her hand, and just like insert the cup here, please. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact Friday. Bobby Bones,
3: the latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan Number Two's Thirty Seconds Skinny.
4: Keith Urban's new album, The Speed of Now, Part One, is out. It features his single,
2: God Whispered Your Name. Then God whispered your name, and that's when changed. Love came out of the rain. Talk about being safe. Luke Combs dropped a new song with Amanda Shires. It's called Without You. And sure it's
5: me behind this mic stand. And it's me strong and it's gifted. It's me they love to give the credit to.
2: John Bon Jovi released a collaboration
3: with Jennifer Nettles called Do What You Can. Down here
5: we all understand when you can do what you do. You do what you can.
4: am Morgan number 2, That's Your Skinny.
0: It's time for the good news.
2: With Bobby. Tell me something good.
0: This next story, amazing. Now, we all know how incredible service dogs are. They can be life-changing for veterans experiencing PTSD. U.S. Army veteran Nick Myers from Michigan served in Afghanistan. He was diagnosed with PTSD. He had to give up a service dog recently due to financial hardships during the pandemic. His dog, Zelda, is a year and a half old, has been helping with them, cope with different stressors. She's been a great friend to his young kids. Well, after a story aired on Fox 17, dozens of people called the news station. They took to Facebook, they emailed, they were just like, how can we help? So he says, okay, it'll like about a thousand bucks to get Zelda home, who is back with her breeder, who happens to be a friend as well. But all the people in Western Michigan, they donated, he got the money. He is able to get his dog back.
3: That's awesome. But you
0: know, and just as a companion is one big part of it, but two, because of the PTSD he's dealing with. You know, and I have worked with, we, first of all, on the show we've done stuff, and I've done stuff you know, away from the show as well about service dogs with members of our military. And I will give a big shout out to our partners at Dog Chow for sharing that story with us. Their Service Dog Salute Campaign supports the care and training of more service dogs for veterans. And very proud to work with them on this. We're doing it again this year. It is so, because sometimes I'll get to hang out with these guys and their dogs. These dogs, one of the guys that was with last year, he says he wakes up and he has uh, panic attacks. The dog recognizes, gets up and lays on his chest. Oh, wow.
3: That's
0: so cool. And just until he's... He just knows it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, if you want to learn more about this, you can go to dogchow.com slash bones. Just love that story. Wanted to share it with you guys. And that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day.
2: This story comes to us from Vermont. A man was driving an ATV trying to escape police because he had not paid his bar tab. He's driving. He crashes into a pole and he's like, I got to get out of here. And there's a truck sitting at the red light. Light turns green, starts to pull off. So he jumps in the bed of the truck. Nice. Guy in the truck pulls over, throws him out of the truck so police can (laughs) apprehend him. (laughs)
0: That seems like a lot of running and a lot of work for running out of a bar tab. Yeah, I should have just paid that.
2: And he, got, he was driving the thing. He was drunk. Oh, no. oh yeah, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. I'm Lunchbox. That's your
0: bonehead story of the day. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Dr. Oz. Dr.
4: Oz, how are you? Bobby, how you been? Doing very well.
0: Yeah, I see you're back in a studio right now. You guys are back at it. You you premiered on Monday. Are you doing both studio and at home now?
4: I have to because when you have urgent events, you've got to cover them best you can. And, you know, my show, as you know, is in 100 countries. So I learned from what happened in January in China that this is very unpredictable. So with COVID-19 around and with me taping in New York City where, granted, right now with, you know, I'm spitting. I mean, I have my spitting thing over here. Every, you know a couple times a week i do this test myself for covid but if there's a surge in cases the city will shut down again so i've got to have a home studio
0: you know i get tested a few times a week i get a, a throat test sometimes a spit test sometimes they'll stick that thing in my nose sometimes well what's which one's the best
4: well if you do the nasal test correctly it's probably the best because you get all the way back there and you can swab around for 10 seconds, but the spit is a much more practical way of screening a lot of people because I'm not going to get that thing by my nose three times a week. You probably wouldn't either. So if I can spit once in a while, it makes life a lot more tolerable. And that way you test more and you can what you're looking for is asymptomatic patients, right? People who feel great, but they happen to have the virus. And you want to find them early and prevent them from unwittingly spreading it to everybody else on your team or in your family. So if you screen people frequently, you'll, ident- you'll identify surges and then stop them before they get bad.
0: You know, Speaking of that and COVID, I have a couple questions for you because on your show, you're doing the great big mask experiment where I'm seeing a lot of people going, masks keep me from breathing, masks keep the oxygen intake from being as good. What did you learn from the great mask experiment?
4: Well, I did a version of this over the summer and it exploded over social just because I did what you, a bad doctor would always do, put a pulse oximeter on your finger figure out whether the mask itself inhib- inhibits your ability to bring oxygen into your body. And I can tell you, as a surgeon who wears masks for hours and hours in a day, if I didn't have enough oxygen to focus on my surgery, it wouldn't go so well. So I was just proving what I, what I thought most doctors appreciate. And it turns out that it doesn't affect your oxygenation. So for the great mask experiment, I'm comparing all the kinds of masks out there, and I'm going to show you whether or not the oxygenation that comes into your body changes based on the mask, even when you're doing exercise. And I'll give you one little tidbit. You know those gaiters that people wear all the time? The gaiters. Yes,
3: it's like the thing you pull up over your face, right, but that. it looks like a neck. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, like
0: the, the neck scarf
3: over yeah, the yeah. face, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That actually makes it worse than wearing no mask because it, it it takes the little bits of spit that come out when you speak and breaks it up, so it aerosolizes the virus more. So it's actually worse than nothing. So you got to wear the right kind of mask in order to get a benefit. Oh.
0: So you're saying if I see someone with one of those neck scarves, I should tackle them in public <laughs> and and point at them and, and record it and put it on, online.
4: Well, I know your WWF reputation, Bobby. I can see that <laughs> deep, deep inside you already, raging furnace. Uh,
0: Doctor Oz is on with us. The show is back. They've been back all week. Um, you know, you had Surgeon General Jerome, Adam- Jerome Adams on the show, as have we, and, and I love talking with the guy. And how far after talking with him do you think we are from a vaccine?
4: Well, I had both him and I had the testing czar, um, who's uh, Admiral Giroir on. because I like having the White House task force. They, they, they have insights that we just don't get from the outside world. And they both sort of feel the same way, which is by the end of October, or early November, we'll know if these vaccines are working. One of the vaccines I found out is going to finish its enrollment of 30,000 people this week, probably. So that means that now they just got to wait. Everyone's been injected, half got, or what a percentage of them got the placebo, got nothing a fake vaccine, and a bunch of them got the real vaccine, and we're going to see the difference between the two groups in complications but also in reducing the chance of getting infected. And within, you know, two months, we're going to know if it's effective. And if it is, we'll quickly gear up and start giving it. But, Bobby, I don't know if you know this, but the Chinese acknowledged over the weekend that they've actually given hundreds of thousands of their first-line health workers their vaccine. That's how confident they already are in it. So uh, I, it's going it's to start taking over the world. Different countries get getting vaccinated at different rates. But it's coming to the town near you pretty quickly.
0: Okay, just a couple more coronavirus questions as we have Dr. Oz on right now. Our, our producer, Eddie, got coronavirus back in July. The doctor told him he would potentially have the antibodies until the end of October. So if you have the antibodies, are you basically Superman to coronavirus?
4: We don't still know. We don't know whether it just reduces how bad a recurrent infection is or if it truly protects you. My guess, as a doctor, you know, I've studied immunology like all the other doctors out there, is that you're protected, that you cannot get it again, with rare exceptions. But there are at least three people that we know of who have gotten reinfected with a different, you know, they, they got the original COVID-19, they got a different version of the virus later on. But I don't know how many months that's going to take. Obviously, you know, with tens of millions of people getting exposed to the virus, it's going to happen in some cases. It's just going to be uncommon. But I do believe the antibodies will wear off pretty quickly, but you may be still protected by your T cells, which are the immune cells your body has. And the Germans and the Swedes believe that up to a third of their population is already protected because they had prior common colds. And the common colds often caused by a different coronavirus, a relative of the COVID-19. So it might be that a lot of us are protected without even realizing it because we had the common cold last year
0: wow Mm -hmm. all right dr oz is on i want to ask a couple questions that aren't corona related first of all we were talking about a woman who didn't know she had twins that they saw one baby and then they pulled the baby out and then there was another baby in there and i know that you know you're a heart specialist but do you know anything like what would you say it's more odd to have some woman who doesn't know she's having a baby who's like holy crap i just had a baby or a twin being hidden in there
4: well, if you're having ultrasounds done, which many women do, you're going to know if there are two babies in there. They're going to see two hearts. You're going to have two kid, you know, four kidneys, et cetera. But in the old days, before everyone got ultrasounded all the time, it was pretty common that you'd have the first baby come out, and the doctor would realize that there was something wrong, and then look around, and there'd be another leg coming up at him. And so, it's more difficult to deliver twins. You want to know it ahead of time. Uh, but for most of human history, it was. It was you know their stories, their fables told about how one twin grabbed the other twin's foot and came out with them. I mean, it was how babies or <laughs> twins were born
0: <laughs> Well, what about women who have these babies that don't even know they're pregnant? like what is that about? Yeah,
4: you know, I've had a lot of these women on my show, and I remain stunned. These are intelligent, smart women. Who, who just thought they were putting weight on or they thought there was something else going on. Sometimes they were told they couldn't get pregnant, so they never thought they were pregnant. But it's not like you know, they forgot about their bodies. You might think, okay, I, mean, I look like a tick when I'm pregnant. How can I possibly not know it? But it is you know, easier than you think to go, let's say, 22, 23 weeks and, then, and not realize you're pregnant, and all of a sudden you have this crisis in your health and a baby comes out. And then that, and again, I'm repeatedly stunned, but it's real.
0: One final question for you. Just out of nowhere, but is diet soda any better for you than regular soda if you're having to choose one of the two, Dr. Oz?
4: No, and frankly, I would probably drink the regular soda, and I'd I have a little hack. I would take the regular soda and cut it in half with seltzer water because it'll taste the same to you. Because whether it's one teaspoon of sugar per ounce or one per two ounces, it's still going to be sweet for you. But here's the deal with artificial sweeteners and diets with sodas. First of all, they're not really diet sodas. There's never been a study showing that they're diet, uh, that they actually help you lose weight. That's why it's a great marketing ploy to call them diet soda. But when you look at the data, people who drink diet sodas do not lose weight. they In fact, quite the opposite. They develop chronic inflammatory conditions more often. Now, we don't know why. It might be because they're drinking diet sodas because they're already having issues. But it's also possible that diet sodas, which, you know, sweetened with stuff that's hundreds of times sweeter than sugar, tries to trick your brain. And Bobby, there's one thing you can't do is trick your brain. So your brain knows that that sugar is not real but it tastes the sweet so it says go back and go get some real sugar in your body and so it reminds you to go get sugary sweetie things which mm. is what often happens so just have the regular sugar but in moderation listen i have a cup of tea here right Cup of tea, you might put half a teaspoon, maybe a full teaspoon of sugar. That's 16 calories. That's not why you're overweight.
0: Yeah, there are other reasons. There's, That's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Dr. Oz is on. Listen, season 12 of the Dr. Oz Show premiered this past Monday. They are back at work taping in the studio. Their staff is working both at the studio and remotely. And what's really cool is Dr. Oz also has a state-of-the-art studio in his house where he can film and react to breaking news any day. And like he said, he's on in 100 countries. Doctor Oz, you know you come on, you you never don't have the right answer because I'll get off this and fact check sometimes. <laughs> and he's always
4: right. He's always right. Well, uh, well, Bobby, can I can, can I bend your ear for one second because I know you care about this issue? Go ahead. A big theme for the show this year are health disparities, and I'm going to really buckle down on. The problem that we're having with African Americans and Latinos getting access to care, and we just see it with COVID 19, where they're twice the chance of having major complications. But well, you may not realize this, but I, the way, and I, one of my staffers told me this, and, and then a guest said this, and I was stunned that the way African American men see criminal justice is how African American women see the healthcare system. We've got a major gap. We can do better. And I think this is a way for us to get at some of these racial issues without a lot of the angst and anger that surrounds criminal justice. So I'm going to be focused on it, and I think we have a great opportunity to show a path forward to make healthcare work more efficiently and more fairly for everybody
0: love it let me bring up one other thing while I'm thinking about it next week I believe you have Dr. Pimple Popper on which Amy's obsessed with I can't take it but what do you what's the big takeaway from working with someone who has made a living off of popping pimples
4: if you do it right, you can pop a pimple and get away with it. The, the biggest mistake people make is they take five-finger approaches. They squeeze that pimple, and they damage all the tissue around it. So you're hurting all the good guys in an effort to get rid of the pus. And I'll share a little secret with you. There's a way for you to pop pimples that doctors do. They never recommend it publicly, but we do it with, a, with just very gently nicking the top of that pimple that lets it come out without macerating or that destroying the tissue around it. I'm going to show you a little tactic on, uh, on the show when she comes out. You'll enjoy it. Pimple oh. popper. She's
0: great. I won't enjoy. (laughs) I will. But Amy will. So many people do enjoy. I just can't take that, Dr. Oz. It grosses (laughs) me out. All right, there he is, our guy, Dr. Oz. Follow him on Instagram as well, uh, Dr. underscore Oz. Dr. Oz, good to talk to you. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon. Good luck. God bless you, my friend. Take care, everybody. bye -bye. (laughs) This is Lana.
4: Hey, Bobby. Morning, Steve. I just moved across the country down to Florida. I'm so excited, but also nervous about meeting friends i'm wondering if you have any advice for me as i move to a new state hope i i love you guys
0: bye thank you for the call good luck the advice is let's remove corona from the situation you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to meet new people or you're never going to meet them because if you don't leave the house you're never going to meet anybody outside the house if you don't leave your your office space same you're never going to meet anyone that isn't walking into the office space so it's find something you're interested in. And they could have a sports league. They could have, you could volunteer, church. But you also have to go up to people and be like, hey, and it's uncomfortable. And I've done it and it stinks, but it's the way to do it. And it pays your dividends at the end. Mm-hmm. So that's my advice. Be a little uncomfortable. The whole situation is uncomfortable, but you'll be glad you did. Thank you for that call. Leave us a voicemail, 877-77-BOBBY. Amy's pile of stories is next. Amy, what's coming up?
3: Well, I got a new study that just came out that might have something very dangerous in your house, and you might want to rethink having it in there.
0: You're telling me that a lot of our listeners have something very dangerous in their house, and they don't know it. Yes. And we're not even going to tell them for a few more minutes. Like, we could tell them right now (laughs) and save all their lives, but we're going to make them wait. Yes,
3: and then since we're on the topic of danger and putting your life in danger, there's something people are doing with face masks that are also dangerous. Is
0: there any way we can tell them now so in the next five minutes Remember it no. doesn't have, oh No, and I no. hope they're
3: not doing it while they're driving <laughs> oh, right no. now.
0: Oh, no, We're going to take that <laughs> so chance. Oh, pull, no. over, <laughs>
3: pull over and wait. <laughs> the Show.
0: Here's Amy's pile of stories.
3: So this new study came out that found that something in your house is a death trap or it can be really harmful. And I was shocked to see that this is something that's really harming 2.5 million people a year.
0: Okay. I'm going to guess the sponge on the sink because we are disgusting and we don't throw them away enough. Mm -hmm. That's my first guess. Is that right?
3: That is not right. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Let's see a death trap. Is it the trap door I have for folks when I don't like them and I just send them down (laughs) to the dungeon? No,
3: not that actual thing that you have. It is glass coffee tables. They cause over 2.5 million injuries a year and little kids and young adults hurt themselves the most and they involve really deep cuts. And you end up in the hospital, whether it's your wrist, your hands, or your fingers.
0: Anyone's kids ever busted a glass anything? Absolutely.
1: What happened? A glass coffee table. They run in circles, they hit it, boom, it breaks. Yes. It's happened multiple times. That Then why do you keep putting a new glass coffee table in I was going to get there. there. Therefore, I do no, no longer <laughs> have a coffee table in my house.
3: Now, <laughs> I have no idea if Tyler Hubbard from Florida Line has a glass coffee table, but his daughter was just in the hospital getting stitches on her chin because she fell and busted her mm. face on the coffee table.
0: I saw on in his Instagram story that she had a small Band-Aid on her chin. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was what happened. Yeah,
3: they had to go to Vanderbilt, and it was actually happened on... Haley Hubbard's due date so he had an accident oh. a few <laughs> weeks ago he's all messed up she's about to give birth any second and then their daughter busted her chin
0: genetics <laughs> for,
3: sure, for sure okay what else so more NFL teams will start allowing fans in the stands because they are losing a ton of money without them get this the Dallas Cowboys are losing the most with 77 million dollars per game from not having fans in the stands.
0: And obviously money over health, right? I mean, it's, let's be honest. Totally. <laughs> I say, oh, I feel bad Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> let's be honest. Let's make sure the billionaire owners. I mean.
3: mm-hmm. So the Cowboys are slated to allow fans into home games, but owner Jerry Jones says they're going to play it by ear, see how it goes. They don't have a head count yet, but they are going to start allowing it. I'm going
0: to play it by ear. I'm going to log into my account real quick and uh, <laughs> see how I feel.
3: See how much money I've got left. And then the Patriots are in at second place, losing $39 million a game, and then it just goes down from there.
0: By the way, I do think they should allow some fans in the stands Yeah, if they're separate. I'm not a guy that goes, wipe them clean. Yeah. But we don't need to pack them out, and we don't need to make decisions, period, on health based on money. The Boom. end. I'll be running for office.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, what else? And have you ever seen people driving around with their face masks hanging from their rearview mirrors?
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, Eddie still drives with his tassel from high school. That's <laughs> 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 a swing back and And forth. his air freshener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, What? why?
3: Well, AAA put out a warning for people to not do that because it blocks your view and it makes you more likely to crash. And in some states, if a driver is involved in a crash due to impaired visibility, they could be sighted under certain circumstances. So You could be getting a ticket and an accident.
0: And don't be on your phone because they'll know. As soon as you get into a wreck, they're going to check your phone. And they're also going to check during the wreck where your phone went. And if your phone goes underneath the gas pedal... They know you had it in your lap in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get in a wreck, try to grab it and throw it out the window. (laughs) Quick. (laughs) All right. All right. Maybe that's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news
2: with Amy. Tell me something good.
3: So there's this police officer in South Carolina. His name is Officer Corey Adams, and he got a call that there was someone driving around with a kid without a, in, not in a car seat. So he tracked the person down was able to pull him over and instead of issuing a ticket he went to the store and with his own money bought a car seat for the family and then another officer came and helped him install the seat <laughs> and he said the motto at their police department which is simpsonville police department is making a difference and that's exactly what he was able to do
0: dang that's awesome yeah. how hard yeah a, good how good i don't question. know anything about it how hard are those child seats to very. put in
3: they seem like they're impossible
4: yes
1: very hard read the instructions because if you try to like you know you look at it it's like oh it's only three pieces no big deal no it's hard
0: that's you, right. you I, had to put I, one in huh
3: no i didn't know that's why i was like why did he have to get another <laughs> officer to help him install it but i guess now that makes sense
0: <laughs> all right there you go that's what it's all about that was tell me something good coming up in just a few minutes we'll talk to john bon jovi he's hmm. never been on the show before pretty excited about that Let's go over and take a couple calls.
5: Hey, Bobby. Hey, studio. I'm just calling because I think that I saw Eddie and his wife and his kids out in public. And I thought about even going up and talking to him and saying, hey, I also know it's COVID times. I would have kept my social distance. But I thought about going up and giving him some clout for his kids because Special Lunchbox is all about his celebrity status. And I was just curious, Eddie, would you have wanted me to come up and say hey or even yell at you so that you could say that to your kids and to your family that yeah maybe i am famous uh it, anyways uh, i look to the podcast every day huge fan of the show love you guys
1: eddie Huh, oh, that's funny I, mean, I, don't, I don't mind i like it when people say hi i think it's great sometimes the kids are like oh who's that a friend of yours and i say yeah this is a friend of mine what's his name uh, jimmy <laughs> i just make up a name dad's got a
0: lot of jimmy friends because <laughs> they're a little
1: confused when that happens but i like it i think it's cool
0: yeah i think it's nice too um I was at this restaurant called Cinco de Mayo. We went had Mexican food twice this week, which <laughs> I just eat chips the whole Same time. place get, twice? Yeah, because right. it's, it's the new place. It's my new place. It's it's Caitlin and I's new place. Um, and I just eat chips the whole time, and then I get stuffed by the time the meal comes. <laughs> and I can't not do it. And I can't sit there and not have chips in front of me. But I was leaving, and this lady was really nice. She was like, I'm a huge fan. I don't want to come and get too close to you because of coronavirus. And so we took a picture kind of standing away from each other. And so That's cool. It was good, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah there's yeah, a way yeah. to do it for sure. All right, here's another call.
5: Eddie, back in March, I had the coronavirus, and uh, I heard all the experts say that I would have the antibodies for just a few months. I'm going on six and a half months now, and I'm donating platelets again tomorrow because I still have the antibodies. So I think the antibodies hang around a lot longer than what they think.
1: Your thoughts? Cool. I mean, that's awesome. But I don't know if I can trust one person's I testimony. Would. He sounds
0: smart. He's, and he's on voicemail. We <laughs> <Yeah>. have him.
1: <laughs> he called in. Mm-hmm. So take his word for it. But man, I I do love that idea of platelets. I I think I should do it for sure before my antibodies
0: things goes away. But you say a lot of things you think you should do that you never <laughs> do. <laughs> Correct. Like that's kind of your thing is like I should really go and give back more today. You're
1: right. <laughs> and what I, what happens is I realize the, the day is a lot shorter than I think it is. Same 24 as it was yesterday, bro. I know. I know. Then to just think about it, I'm like man, it's already eight o'clock. I didn't wasn't able to donate platelets. <laughs> That's why you have to get a calendar.
2: Calendar. Yeah. And live
0: by it. Yes. I'm working on it. Let's go over to the morning corny.
3: <laughs> the morning corny. What's the best way to contact a fish?
0: What is the best way to contact a fish?
3: Drop him a line. Nice. Nice, yeah. Fish.
2: That was
4: the morning corny.
0: (laughs) Probably about seven minutes from John Bon Jovi being on the show, he's hanging out in our marathon virtual green room right now. But before he comes on, I wanted to play this for you. Lunchbox, what'd you do? I
2: called the Denver Museum of Nature and Science because they have a zombie, not a zombie, they have a mummy exhibit And I acted like a fifth-grade teacher, and I wanted to bring my students
0: to see the zombies. So he's supposed to be a teacher, <laughs> but he thinks a mummy's a zombie. <laughs> it's funny. Okay, here we go. To
5: so, <laughs> guest services. How can I help you?
2: Yes, ma'am. I'm a fifth-grade science teacher, and we've been doing a whole <laughs> month on zombies, and I want to bring the kids to see some zombies in the flesh.
5: <laughs> well, that sounds cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know you guys are doing the zombie exhibit. And I'm just trying to get some more information. Um, we have, like, Egyptian
3: mummies here at the museum.
2: You said you have a Egyptian zombies?
3: Egyptian <laughs> mummies. We don't have a zombies exhibit. <laughs>
2: Man, do you do you have any zombies that were on The Walking Dead? We do not, no. You'd probably have to go to some Hollywood lot to see something like that. <laughs> so it, some of the kids, you know, like, they're kind of scared... Is there a way they can see him through the glass so the zombie won't? They're, they're worried the zombies are going to come back to life when we're there.
3: Sure. Um, again, we don't have a zombies exhibit, so I can't really answer that question.
2: Yeah. Do you have any famous zombies? We don't have any zombies, period.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we
1: must be thinking, like, he said
0: teacher. <laughs> <He's a> teacher?
3: <laughs> this is what's wrong with America.
0: What the? Funny, funny, funny. <laughs> The Friday morning conversation with John Bon Jovi. Hey John, how are you, man? Morning. How you doing? Hey, good to talk to you. Hey, uh, the first thing that I, I want to mention is I was watching the news last week and I see them interviewing you. because um, you're doing something really cool. It was the John Bon Jovi Soul Foundation. And I watched this whole thing about how much you're giving back up there. And I was moved by it. And then when they when I said they said you were coming on today, I was like, man, the first thing I want to ask them is you know, exactly about this? Because I, I think I, I had a tear or two. This was so good. Will you tell my listeners about this? Well, thank you. Um,
5: we have three community restaurants that work off of a uh, volunteer model. Hence, that's where I came up with the idea for the song. Um, but also, we were uh, we opened a food bank because on Eastern Long Island, the, the need is dire. And the nearest food bank was an hour and a half away. So I um, we were able to provide food to seven fruit pantries for the last five months. And um, this is what my wife and I do. In this video, though, it showed you
0: in the kitchen, even washing dishes. Now, John, do you really <laughs> wash? If I go
5: in there, you could be in there washing dishes? Absolutely. Um, the truth is, is that when we opened the restaurant some um, 10 years ago, I was the designated dishwasher. But because our model, which had never existed before that, was was about volunteerism, those who were volunteering for a meal ultimately elbowed me out. But in the pandemic, we couldn't let any more volunteers in. So I took my number down out of retirement from the Raptors (laughs) and was washing dishes again. And when Dorothea took my picture and she wanted to put a caption under it, what she was looking for was for me to say, "What hours are we open? What days are we open?" Because we're going to serve the in need during the height of the pandemic. And I, you know, stream of consciousness said, "If you can't do what you do, you do what you can." And uh, the next day, I went, "Wait a minute, that's a song title." And so I wrote the song.
0: And that leads us to this. So the new song is out today, called "Do What You Can." And what's new about it here is Jennifer Nettles is is on the song from Sugarland. So what inspired you to reach out to Jennifer and say, hey, let's do this again?
5: Well, when I wrote the song, and unlike anything else I've ever written, which, by the way, I know you can't see this on the radio, but that's one of my injuries from working at the food bank. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a fingernail with
0: a big mash finger, yeah.
5: Ow. Ow. Um, But what happened with, with this song, unlike anything else I have ever written, this is a lyric that everybody on the planet knows. Because they're they're living it together. And so when I wrote the song, I even put it out there on the Internet, uh, just a chorus in the first verse, to, to, as if to give everybody the premise. But to say, tell me your verse, even though I had written the song and had it tucked away, ready to go. I said, tell me another verse. This could be a Guinness Book of World Records for the, the, the song with the most amount of verses. Because anyone everywhere could write a verse. And then, because Jennifer, um, 15 years ago, sang Who Says You Can't Go Home With Us, and Bon Jovi had its first number one country single, I thought, how better to reintroduce such a, a broad uh, song to the country market than to my old friend Jennifer. And so she said absolutely. She wanted to sing on it as a duet, and, and we jumped on to, at the chance.
0: So back in the day when you put out Who Says You Can't Go Home, 2006 or so, 2005, 2006. How did you yeah. approach Jennifer, and why did you approach Jennifer the first time?
5: Well, she was unknown at the time. If you think about it, it was prior to their first record, or right at the onset of their very first record. And we were label mates. And uh, and we knew that who says you can't go home again would have that kind of crossover appeal. And new country at that time, very influenced by by bands like Bon Jovi, you know, the the chord progressions, the big choruses were coming into play, and so it wasn't uh, a foreign fit. And with a, a, a great voice like hers, the label said, "Let's take a shot." And I was all for it because I was a big fan of so many of the bands of of the time, and um, and we jumped at the chance. And then next thing you know, I've got a number one single.
0: You know, going back to the 80s and I think about you know seeing Bon Jovi play you know uh, on TV these massive arenas and I was just a kid and all the cool clothes that you would wear back then do you keep do you have any of that stuff like in a museum <laughs> like the old Bon Jovi jackets and jeans and sunglasses oh yeah
5: there's a, there's a fair amount of it there's a fair amount of it yeah and uh, you know a number of things are in a the, in the hall of fame but uh, there are there are some big rooms that are full of Stuff that I guess my kids will have someday, uh, whether it's clothes or awards or platinum records. Yeah.
0: What's the final song you guys play and show? What's What's the big number to close it out?
5: Oh, I don't know. I try to change it up as often as I can. I mean, um uh, at that point, it could be anything. I, I I I don't really ever have a set set list.
0: Will you ever not go do an encore because you're like, eh, the crowd kind of sucked tonight? <laughs>
5: That would be a telltale sign that it's time to hang up the, the, the sneakers. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the David, where on the where are they now pile? I'm out. Don't you worry. But, you know, as long as we keep making big number one albums, I'm not going anywhere. So the audiences don't tend to stink. <laughs>
0: uh, John Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi performing at our iHeartRadio Music Festival this weekend. It is our 10th anniversary. Tonight and tomorrow night, you can watch it on the CW app. You can listen to it here on the radio. What are you guys doing for the iHeartFest? Do you know yet? I mean, are you, can you say yet?
5: Yeah, Jennifer and I uh, do the duet, and uh, we played our first single, which was a big hit at AC radio called Limitless. And uh, and there's at least one, if not two, catalog songs that are also going to be on the show.
0: You get one song of yours to represent you to somebody who's never heard Bon Jovi. Which song do you pick?
5: I think you could do that one for me, mm. Bob. I think you could pick it. All right, then I'm
0: going to pick. I have a
5: feeling that it's, uh, you know, Living on a Prayer is probably right up there. I'm going to
0: pick Always. Oh, I love you. This, it seems so hard to sing. That You're so high when that song. How difficult is that if you have a cold?
5: Let me tell you something. I, on my best day, it's hard. <laughs> Why I wrote these stinking lousy songs and the key change in Living on a Prayer. It sounds like always. Why couldn't I take that down to D instead of D? <laughs> What was the matter with me? <laughs> well, listen. Not easy, my friend.
0: Not easy. We are, we're big fans of, of all the work that you do, um, especially, man, I tell you, I didn't even know you were coming on when I saw that story about the Soul Foundation, and it's tough to move me. You know, I'm jaded a bit. I, I do news all the time, and do stories, and we try to give back a lot, but still, I saw that, and I thought that was really, really cool. Um, so, but just for that, I'm going to put a plug in for that, too. The uh, jbjsf.org, which is John Bon Jovi's Soul Foundation jbjsf.org if you want to check it out for more information there but he'll be playing on our iHeart Festival hey John good to talk to you uh, thanks for the time and hopefully I'll see you again soon great buddy thank you buddy alright see you later it's time for the good news
3: with Lunchbox tell something good
0: A
2: shout out to two very special women. First, Darla Purse of Houston. She found out that kids in her area didn't have computers for remote learning because of social distancing. They can't go to school, so she's been going around collecting old laptops and computers, and she's been refurbishing them herself and then distributing them to kids. So dozens of kids got computers. Then Brittany Cleckley found out about this lady. (laughs) And she owns a dance studio in North Carolina. And she found out a lot of her kids didn't have computers. She's gotten over 300 computers refurbished, so they all have computers to learn at home. Wow. So shout out Darla and Brittany. Dang, that's
0: awesome. That's what it's all about right there. That was Tell Me Something Good. It is now time for super easy trivia. That's right. These are all easy questions that you should, with quotations around it, know. However, everyone seems to struggle when they get put on the spot. Amy, Lunchbox, Eddie, Morgan, number two. They're all so easy. I mean, kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah. Amy, mm-hmm. the first round is the easiest round. Question number one. Whose nose grew longer every time he lied? Pinocchio. Correct. Lunchbox. In the nursery rhyme, who sat on a wall before having a great fall? Oh, that's my boy Humpty Dumpty. (laughs) That's my boy. (laughs) Eddie. (laughs) Yeah, come on. In the nursery rhyme that goes, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. What did Jack jump over? A candlestick. That is correct. It's easy. Morgan. Okay. The first round. These are all, as you can see, they're super easy. Yeah. What color... Are Smurfs, blue? Correct. You're all on to the next all right, round. All nice right. shot. This one's still easy, just not as easy. Round number two. Amy, which place is called the happiest place in the world? Disney World. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. What is the name, Lunchbox, of molten rock after a volcanic eruption? I mean, the only thing that I know of is lava. I don't know what molten rock means. On to the next round. (laughs) Got it. Eddie. Come on. What country is home to the kangaroo? Oh, that's Australia. Correct. Woo. Morgan, how many inches are in a foot? 12. Correct. You're all on to round number three. No casualties so far. Okay. No casualties, but they get a little less easy. Amy. Which movie is Prince Charming from? Hmm. What? Which movie? Which story is Prince Charming from? I
3: hope it's Cinderella.
0: Is that your answer? Yes. That is correct. Wow! Wow, Amy. Thank you. Lunchbox. Who wrote Tom Sawyer? That's Huckleberry Finn. That's a great author. Oh,
3: you spoke too soon. You know it's not that. (laughs) Think about it.
0: Think. You already got it wrong though. Yeah, he did get it wrong. Okay. Buddy. <laughs> think about it though. What would you change your answer to if you could? Because you're in the right ballpark. He's like, it's right, Huckleberry. Finn. Okay, sorry, Huck Finn, H Finn. Huckleberry. His Finn's pseudonym right? name, Uckle.
2: Ah, uh, oh, I think his name's Tom Sawyer. That no, would have been it. Oh, no, that's with the book. No, Mark, Twain. Mark Twain. Yeah, Mark Twain. <laughs> Twain. Sorry, yeah. that's why I just said. He Who wrote said. Tom Sawyer? Yeah. Oh. Okay.
0: Mark Twain wrote Huckleberry. Okay. Wait, he wrote
2: Huckleberry Finn. Yeah,
0: that's the name of a book. Oh boy. Okay.
2: Dang. I didn't know that. I guess. um... You've been
0: eliminated. (laughs) That wasn't easy, man. It is pretty easy. Yeah, Eddie. Yeah, come on. On a common ladybug, what color are its spots?
1: Uh, the ladybug is red, so the spots are black.
0: Correct. Morgan. How long does it take the Earth to orbit the sun?
2: 365 days.
0: Or one year, both correct. Wow! Nice. Three people remain. Amy, think a little less easy here. Okay. The patterns of stars seen in the sky are usually called what? What? The patterns of stars that we see in the sky... Look at the stars. Stars look beautiful, don't they?
3: I'm Galileo. I don't know. Hold on. Galileo. <laughs> I'm just
0: trying to
3: think of something. I feel so stupid right now. It gives you, like, the, the galaxy, the, 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 um, the... The, the
0: patterns the, of stars seen the, in the I
3: know what this is. I just...
0: Don't yell at me for asking a question. My son got a telescope
3: for his birthday, nice, and we nice. look at the stars, at the, at the, the, the... the constellations!
0: You've said a lot of words, so until you tell me that's your answer.
3: That is my answer. It is? That's my answer.
0: The answer is constellations.
3: Hallelujah.
0: (laughs) Eddie. Come on. Speaking of space, what planet is famous for the big red spot on it? Oh, boy. The big red spot. Is it?
5: Oh,
1: gosh. Jupiter? Saturn's got the ring. Uh, I'm going to go Jupiter. Ugh! Don't Jupiter. you have
3: a song about the planets? Yeah, but
0: I don't think we talk about the spot. I think we do, actually, in the song. The answer is Jupiter. Jupiter.
3: Oh,
2: yeah!
0: Morgan, Whoa! staying in planets, um, here's a nice gift for you. What planet has beautiful rings that surround it? Oh, nice.
2: Saturn. <laughs> yeah. thanks, Eddie.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> All right, Amy, a little less easy. Which book series introduces the character Gandalf?
3: Gandalf. Book series? Gandalf. Oh. Oh. Is that Is that Game of Thrones? I don't watch that. But it was a book. And I feel like Gandalf Snow. Gandalf. Gandalf? No, 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 no. Lord of the Rings. Gandalf.
0: Is that your answer? That is. It's Lord of the Rings. Woo! Wow. Eddie, how many legs does a lobster have. Oh, oh, come on. Really? A lobster. Are the clamps legs? Um, I'm going to say they count as legs, yes. Oh, boy.
1: One. Okay, let me kind of picture lobster. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five,
0: six, seven, eight. Your answer is? Eight. The answer is ten. Eight walking legs and two larger claw legs. Dang it. You have been eliminated. Thank you. Goodbye. Morgan. Okay. You get this, you're on to the final round. Who is the largest chocolate manufacturer in the United States?
2: (laughs) Um, I mean, I want to say Willy Wonka, but I know it's not real. (laughs) Um. Please
1: say that.
0: Hershey's They're a chocolate manufacturer, right? Um, Hershey's Is that your answer? Yeah The answer is Hershey's Woo! Okay Yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah. All right, We're down to this We're going speed round, folks So ring in Mm Mm-hmm You'll get three We'll do three speed rounds Ring in with your answer Amy, you're up uh, Amy Morgan Say your name as you're ringing
3: Okay
0: What color Is at the top of a rainbow? Amy Amy Red Correct Amy one point Wow Mm. Number two What is the hardest natural substance? Amy Amy
3: A diamond
0: Correct Winner there she is Wow Wow. Amy Just dominating easy trivia That was impressive since you won, take the second to promote your Four Things podcast.
3: Oh, yeah. I have a podcast. It's called yeah. Four Things with Amy Brown, and the one that is up this week, we talk about how 2020 is not all that bad. I My friend is on with me for all four things, and we just break it down and have honest talk about all kinds of random things, and it's one of my favorite episodes we've done recently.
0: That's a great prize for you, Fools.
3: Yeah, just promotion. Work,
0: whatever oh, you yeah, want yeah, promote yeah, something, yeah, that's huge. So on,
3: found on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: <laughs> Four <laughs> things with Amy Brown. Well, I had to put this segment later in the show just because of what you're about to hear. Um, Eddie has a fantasy football team. Do you want to tell Amy the story? Sure, I'd love to. He told me this. <laughs> I laughed for so long. Also, I'm 12 at times. <laughs> What happened? Tell Amy the name of your fantasy football team okay. first.
1: Yeah, so I have a team called the San Francisco 69ers. It's a play on the 49ers. I get Okay.
0: Okay.
3: Thanks,
1: Eddie. So my in-laws were in town, and I was drafting for my fantasy team, and they're like, oh, well, cool, show us how this all works. And they're all around the laptop, and then somehow my mother-in-law is just like, the San Francisco 69ers, what? Why, why are they name the 69ers? Oh
2: no.
1: And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I just said, it's just a random number I picked. Oh, <laughs> no way. Yeah, but she's just like, and then her face was just blank. Almost like she didn't understand why it was 69ers. I just left it as that, dude, because I'm being stupid. Like it's, I came up with it like three years ago. I never changed it. It's a dumb name. And now my in-laws <gasps> are like,
0: what's 69?
3: Oh no.
1: <laughs> <It's>
0: so dumb. <laughs> Eddie had uh, said that to me in a text, and I was reading it, and Caitlin was next to me, and I was laughing hard at my phone. And she was like, what are you laughing at? And I told her, and she goes, you guys are 12. Yeah, yeah, we're children. <laughs> my favorite story, and this is close, of something similar is Raymundo, and he knew I was coming to him. Raymundo, it was a bet, a square, a betting squares, right? Yeah, and then uh, we were supposed to just come up with our code names, right? And mine was real dirty. Yeah, so <laughs> our buddy had, had said, said, hey, everybody hop in get you a square, come up with a team name and buy as many $5 squares as you want for the Super Bowl. And it was him, it was his grandparents, (laughs) it was people people from his church. And so we all bought $5 squares and I was like, Bobby's team. And Lunchbox was like, Lunchbox is lovers. And Eddie was like, Eddie and the heroes. And then Ray's like, FD... Master Dong Dong. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's everywhere on the screen. Like his little grandparents in I bought more than one square, so you got to see it multiple times. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was no. bad. <laughs> it was bad. And so, we, <laughs> so we got a text message from Mike Seinstein. You got to change your name, man. Oh my my God. grandpa's on the squares. <laughs> my pastor's wondering what that means. <laughs> oh, boy. Again, oh. we are 12. Mm. Yes, we are. We're not going to act like we aren't. Mm. How's your fantasy football team doing, Eddie? Good. I'm one know, man. Nice. Yeah,
1: good start. Yeah. Nice. 69ers, 69ers, baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: going all, all right. the way to the Super Bowl. All right, all right. I'm done.
0: Now let's flash back to the year 2007. Here we go. Flashback Friday. The biggest country song in 2007 At this time of the year, free and easy, Dirk Spentley. 2007, where were you? Were
3: you with me yet? Yeah, I'd been with you. I was married and...
0: I have no uh, idea what years are anymore.
3: Yeah, I think my husband was in Afghanistan, so I was living in Austin, even though we didn't live there as a married couple. Like, I was living with my mom and doing the show with you.
0: Yeah, I guess I'd been doing the morning show for a few years at this point. Mm -hmm. Still pretty new. And you had just probably come on the last couple years? Mm-hmm. The biggest pop song, and these guys came to the studio and played, Plain White T's Hey There, Delilah.
2: Yeah. Hey there, Delilah, what's it
0: like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty. Yes, you do. Mm, that's a good jam. Uh, the biggest news story was the Don't Tase Me Bro guy. A University of Florida student named Andrew Mayer was tased by campus police and forcibly removed from a town hall while pressing John Kerry about Bush's foreign policy. Here is the famous line.
1: Don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me. And
0: he got tased. Yeah. Spoiler, he got tased. He went on to be an online craze, sparked a bunch of memes in 2007 when we didn't know a meme was yet. There you go. That's Flashback Friday. Oh, yeah. Flashback Friday. We got to go. Have a great, great weekend. We'll see you Monday. Goodbye, everybody.
5: Come on. The Bobby Monso. Yeah.